Welcome to the official podcast of Apostolic Lighthouse. We'd like to thank you for listening today. We pray this message blesses you and encourages you to see that God is working in your life. Enjoy the message. Well, Father's Day. Amen. It's great to be a father. And uh, I am so proud of my kids, Renee and Jessica, and uh, appreciate what you said earlier, Jess. That was a tearjerker. Amen. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's a privilege. You know, when, when you have, you know, one uh, and, you know, you got to, you know, raise one, that's one thing. But then, you know, uh, two or three months into the, I don't know how long, was a couple months into the pregnancy, and then all of a sudden you're told, hey, there's another bun in that oven. There's a couple buns together. <laughs> and uh, so when you have two at once, it's like all hands on deck, you know, when they come home from the hospital. Because uh, no, they, they, didn't, they didn't even have the same sleeping schedule. Praise God. And so it was, it was like, not only is it like feeding time every three hours, it's like every hour and a half because they weren't doing it at the same time. You know, they weren't on the same schedule. And, and, uh, but it was, you know, it was some tired times, but it was fulfilling and rewarding times. There were many times that right about three or four o'clock in the afternoon, my forehead would be on my desk at work and my coworker would be tiptoeing. Oh, you must have had a long night again. Uh, amen, because, you know, it's just one of those things. Up all night, you know, baby's got colic or whatever, or not fussy or, you know, but I'm telling you, what a rewarding thing to, to pour yourself into these little people, and then they, they grow up and uh, just make you so proud for, uh, and, and what they, and I, I couldn't be prouder of all of what, what they've accomplished and what they've done, and I could just be here all day with that. So I just want to say um, that uh, Renee and Jessica, you've made it easy to be a father and you've made it just so rewarding. And, uh, you know, I just, I've popped so many buttons off shirts because I'm so proud. <laughs> Amen. To be uh, your father. And if I don't do anything else good in my life, uh, that, uh, that I, I can look at you and say, you know, I, with God's help, uh, you know, thank God. Thank you. Jesus. Amen. Yes, and of course, you know, I, I, uh, I, you know, couldn't do it without my wife for sure. But, <laughs> but everybody has a place. The father right, right. has the place. The mother has the place. Amen. Amen. Praise God. You know, you know, any one, one person said any man can be a father, but it takes someone special to be a dad. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pam Brown said dads are most ordinary men turned by love into heroes, adventurers, storytellers, and singers of song. Billy Graham said, A good father is one of the most unsung, unpraised, unnoticed, and yet one of the most valuable assets in our society. Amen. And then I'd like to just read this. It's called Dad Through the Decades. Four years old, my daddy can do anything. Seven years old, my dad knows a lot, a whole lot. Eight years old, my father does not know quite everything. Twelve years old, oh, well, naturally my father doesn't know that either. Twenty-one years old, oh, father is so out of date. Twenty-five years old, well, he knows a little bit, but not much. Thirty years old, I wonder what dad would say about it. 
35 years old. Before we decide, let's get dad's idea first. 50 years old, what would dad have done? 60 years old, my dad knew literally everything. 65 years old, I wish I could talk things over with dad once more. Dad through the decades. Amen. Now would you stand just to get honor of the reading the word of the Lord. Let's turn in our Bibles to Colossians chapter 3. And then we're going to turn to Ephesians chapter 4. 6, excuse me. Colossians chapter 3 and then Ephesians chapter number 6. One verse out of each of those books. Colossians 3.21 Fathers, provoke not your children to anger, lest they be discouraged. Ephesians 6.4 And ye fathers, provoke not your children to wrath, but bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. You may be seated. I want to preach on the subject, biblical advice for fathers. Biblical advice for fathers. You know, after our kids are born, the hospital does not send us home with an instruction manual. You know, Home Depot sends me home with instruction manuals for my power tools. Amen. Uh, you know, any store I go to and I buy something, it comes with some, some manual, amen, to let me know how this thing works and what to do if things not, don't go right, you know. But what's nice about having kids, at least there's no assembly required, amen. <laughs> and as fathers, we do not receive a care and maintenance guide to show us what to do going forward. And we're definitely not provided with a troubleshooting guide that we can consult when this happens, try this or this or this. Amen. Before you call this number. Amen. We don't have a number to call. Amen. These things would really come in handy because children, amen, that do not have a good example to pattern their lives after or children that are not taught right from wrong and the consequences of their actions and children that are left to their own devices can get out of control really fast. Why is that? Well, the Bible tells us, Psalms 51.5, Behold, I was shapen in iniquity, and in sin did my mother conceive me. Job 14.1, Man that is born of a woman is a few days and full of trouble. Oh, that innocent little baby with the softest skin and not even no bad breath. Oh, yeah. No, you know, that little cutie knows how to say no right away. Job 5, verse 7, Yet a man is born unto trouble as the sparks fly upward. And I think sparks, Job, has a good that was a good uh, word for it, Job. Sparks was a great way to describe, amen, what goes on with kids that are kind of left on their own. Amen, because you know what sparks lead to? Fire. Fire out of control fire. And as fathers, it's our job to keep the sparks to a minimum so there are fewer fires in the lives of our children. And as my mother-in-law used to always say, it's all in how you start. Amen. If, like when you get a little puppy, you got to start right away with that puppy. Or you're going to have problems. You're going to have presents all over the place and you're going to have torn up things all over the place or whatever. It's all in how you start. The same with children. It's all in how you start. 
training starts immediately. Amen. It's important to start when they're young because it doesn't take long for things to go south really quickly. How young, you ask? As soon as they're born. In my case, before they're born. When those buns were growing and that stomach was growing, you know, we would, uh, my wife would be in a chair, we'd, she'd, we'd, right before we'd go to sleep, and uh, she'd be in bed, and I'd just be laying hands on that stomach, and I'd be praying for those babies, not just for good health, sure, amen, but for God to use them, for God to save them, for them to live for God. You don't have any guarantees, amen, for them to love God, for them to want to do the right thing, amen, and I prayed and prayed for all that time, months before they ever saw the light of day. Amen. Because you know what? Kids understand more than you know. They comprehend more than you know. Amen. The, their capacity to learn starts right away. Let me give you a Bible example of this. Moses. He was born during the time of the occupation in, in Egypt when the, the Hebrews, the Jews, were slaves to the Egyptians. And the Pharaoh had made a decree that all male Jewish children were to be killed immediately when they were born. Because Pharaoh didn't want any competition. He didn't want any boys to grow up to be men, to be a soldier, amen, in a resistance army and try to overthrow him. Amen. So that was the tumultuous times that Moses was born in. And she tried to hide him. His mother tried to hide him, keep him quiet. But it was three months when he was three months old. She said, man, this is going to be, they're going to find out. Some neighbor's going to squeal. Something's going to happen and I'm going to lose. So she decided then to put him in the little ark and float him down the Nile River full of, full of crocodiles and all kinds of, you know, things. But she just said, well, I'm going to put him in God's hands. We know the story. That little ark floated down or just so happened that Pharaoh's daughter and her maidens were out, you know, just sunning themselves on the beach. And here comes this ark. And he probably just, God had him smile and giggle right on cue, <laughs> you know, just perfectly and melted her heart. And she took him up. Amen. But you know, the story was that Miriam, his oldest sister, older sister, she was like going along the bank of the Nile River, the whole point. And when she saw that, uh, you know, because her mom said, I want you to see what happens to the boy. And then she saw what Pharaoh's daughter took up. And then Pharaoh's daughter noticed, hey, this child is only three months old. He still needs to be nursed. Amen. We need a nursemaid. And she started saying that out loud. And all and I, I wonder where we can find a nursemaid. And all of a sudden Miriam said, just popped out of the bush out of the reeds and said, I know I know a nursemaid that we could, you know. Okay, you take this boy to that nursemaid. I'm gonna pay that nursemaid. Soldier's gonna protect that nursemaid. Everything's gonna be good. And guess what? Moses gets to go back to his own mom. She gets paid for nursing her own kid and protection. Don't tell me how God is good. Amen. God is good. He's a great God. Now, in Old Testament times, if you do a little research, it was between two and three years old when they were weaned from nursing. Amen. Back in those days. So let's just say two to three years old. That's how long Moses' parents had him before he had to go back to Pharaoh's daughter and he was raised as his as. Uh, her, her son. Amen. And so the Bible account in Moses, of Moses in Exodus chapter 2, 
it goes from the time he was weaned, amen, and it fast forwards till the time he's 40 years old in just one verse in that chapter. I mean, it just, boom. She gives him back to Pharaoh's daughter for him to raise, and then, boom, he's 40 years old, and he's out walking around. But the New Testament, amen, actually has a more in-depth, detailed story of Moses in this situation. In Acts chapter 7, verse 21, it said, Pharaoh's daughter took him up and nourished him for her own son. And Moses was learned in all the wisdom of the Egyptians and was mighty in words and in deeds. And when he was full 40 years old, so she, he had been with Pharaoh's daughter what, 38 or 37 or 38 years. And he was raised as an Egyptian. He went to Egyptian schools. He had the Egyptian culture. He, he, had, he was fully indoctrinated with Egyptian everything, even the Egyptian religion. And he was very powerful and possibly in the running to be the next pharaoh. Who knows? He had a brother, but he could have been the next pharaoh as well. Or somewhere high up in the government. Amen. And he was full 40 years old now. And it came to his heart to visit his brethren, the children of Israel. And seeing one of them suffer wrong, he defended him and avenged him that was oppressed and smote the Egyptian. For he supposed his brethren would have understood how that God by his hand would deliver them. But they understood not. Wait a minute. Hold the horses here. Hold the phone. Amen. Wait a minute. After 37 or 38 years of being away from, from the Jewish situation, his mom and all that stuff, and pretty much he, he knew that Pharaoh's daughter was his mom and all that he was raised. First of all, I got two questions. Number one, how did he know that the Hebrew slaves were his brethren, were his kin? And number two, how did he know that he was going to be the deliverer of them someday? Amen. I pose to you, amen, and I, I, I suggest to you strongly that there was something that his mom put into him. Amen. His mom and his dad, amen, put into him. Those parents, when those two or three years that they had, they put it into them, amen, that he could, he could be all that he could be. They put in that he was a Jewish boy, that he was God's son, amen, that he was going to be greatly used. His mom knew that they, God spared him for a reason and could be that God spoke to her to put in him you're going to save your people someday amen and that little two or three year old kid you know like you know was he understand yes he was understanding because you train them up when they're young and you don't even realize what they're soaking up and soaking in we got to be great examples dads amen because it will come back to either bless us or bite us That's powerful. That's how important teaching and training are at a very young age. Proverbs 22, 6 said, train up a child in the way he should go. And when he is old, he will not depart from it. Amen. Now, if you wait too long, it will be much harder. Praise God. After all, they don't call it the terrible tens. They call it the terrible twos. If you wait for the, the, the tens, you're going to have more than just terrible tens. You're going to have whatever, another word that starts with T that's worse than terrible. Amen. You've got to start when they're two. You've got to start when they're young. 
Experts say the major characteristic traits of children will be established by the time they're five years old. Amen. And then after that, it just starts getting like, like uh, cement as it dries. When, it first, when they first pour the driveway or the sidewalk, those guys are working it. They're, they're scraping it. They're making the lines. They're doing all that stuff because they know they only got so much time to go. Amen. And the harder that cement gets, the harder it is to move it around and change the look of it. Amen. And the older kids get, praise God, and uh, you, you wait too long to try to change them to be what you wanted them to be. Amen. A long time ago. And it's going to be like working with Dry cement. And you know how you change dry cement? A big sledgehammer. It's not pretty. Amen. Praise God. Deuteronomy 6, verse 4 said, Hear, listen, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thine heart, with all thy soul, with all thy might. These words which I command thee this day shall be in thy heart. Listen to this. And thou shalt teach them diligently. Everybody say diligently. Diligently. Diligently unto thy children. And shalt talk of them when thou sittest in thine house. And when thou walkest by the way. And when thou liest down. And when thou risest up. Amen. Tell your children that there's only one God. Tell your children that it's, the best way to go in life is to love God. That one God with all your heart, soul, mind and strength. Tell it to them when you're in the house to sit down to dinner. Tell it to them when you go to bed. Tell it to them when you get up. Tell it to them when you go down the street. Amen. Let your kids know about God. Now, Renee and Jessica knew the basics of salvation and who Jesus was shortly after they learned how to walk and talk. Because I kind of like, I was like a little drill sergeant, sorry. I kind of like, I was like a little pastor drill sergeant. I wasn't even pastor back then, but amen. I drilled it into them. Amen. And they liked it because it was like a game to them. Amen. How many gods are there? One. They both sit next side to side. There's only one God. What's his name? Jesus. Amen. How do you get baptized? In Jesus' name. What happens when you get the Holy Ghost? Speak in tongues. Very good. Here's your little treats. Let's go get that Flintstone push-up. <laughs> Amen. One of the, when I thought she was going to tell the other ice cream story. We used to, I used to take them down, you know, before Rite Aid. It was, used to be called Thrifties, remember? And they had the little, when I was growing up, Thrifties ice cream, it was one scoop was five cents, two was 10, and three was 15 cents for a three-scoop ice cream. Fifteen cents, uh, that's back in the 70s, but oh well, whatever. But we, we would go to... The thrifty over in Bellflower, and we'd get our ice creams, and we'd just go out right outside the door and sit, you know, like sit where some people are asking you for money and stuff nowadays or whatever. We'd be sitting there, my legs hanging way out, their legs way back here, and we'd just sit there and eat our ice cream cone. Amen. And those are some, some treasured memories. Amen. I used to love taking them to school every morning. Amen. And uh, there were times where I would take them to school and uh, their lunch box, and we would pack their lunch, 
but a couple times I would uh, just have a couple snacks in there and I'd put a little note in there saying, I'm coming at lunch and I'm going to bring you special lunch and a little sticky note. And I would bring them McDonald's or I'd bring them something. And they, when they opened that, they said when they opened that, uh, that lunch box, they saw that sticky, they were just so thrilled. <laughs> Amen. Praise God. But they knew the basics of salvation in God even when they were young and, and it was it was fine I remember one of them I think it was Jess uh, got up in front of the the Bellflower Church when she was really young and she quoted Acts 238 verse for uh, verbatim word for word and it was uh, I was just so proud amen then Peter said unto them repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost and I was like yes <laughs> amen Biblical advice for fathers. Set the expectations and stick with them and be as consistent as you can. That's important. Because if you're not consistent and you jump all over the place, it's going to confuse them and they're not going to know what's going on. Even though we did not receive any manuals with our kids, troubleshooting, care and maintenance, or instruction manual, amen, there is a book. There's one book that God provided us. It's the Bible, and it's not only an instruction, care and maintenance, and troubleshooting guide. It's much, much more when it comes to raising your kids. Amen. God specifically addresses the fathers in our text verses. Both verses instruct the fathers not to provoke their kids to anger. Amen. But rather, the key to being a successful, successful father is in Ephesians chapter number six it said bring them up in the nurture and the admonition of the Lord bring them up that way praise God amen another way of saying that is the discipline and instruction of the Lord amen so since God is our heavenly father and he's motivated by love when it comes to us, his children, then we as fathers need to always be motivated by love when we're disciplining and instructing our kids. The word of God and prayer will go a long way in helping every father be successful. Praise God. You cannot do without it. Another very important piece of advice is to always ask your kids to forgive you when you're wrong. Amen, fathers? I know, fathers, we have an ego. I know, fathers, we're stubborn. I know, fathers, we got pride. I know, fathers, that for us, a big guy, amen, to say these little crumb crunchers, amen, <laughs> hey, would you forgive me, amen? And you're saying, well, that's, that's kind of, you know, because some fathers, well, that's beneath me to ask this little tyke, amen. Who do they think they are? Children ought to be seen and not heard. Go, go eat at that other table over there until you get big enough. No, no, that's, that might be old-fashioned days, but no, you want your kids... To respect you, you know, you cannot uh, demand respect. You command it and you earn it by the way you operate. And the best way to do it is to be an example. Amen. And you, if you do something to hurt them, you ask them to forgive you. I didn't say it was easy, but amen. doing the right thing is not always easy, but it's still the right thing to do. Amen. Praise God. You'll gain respect when you show humility that it takes to ask forgiveness. And it'll teach them to do the same thing with their kids and with other people. Now, part of not provoking kids to anger is not lying to them. 
Amen. And when I say not lying to them, I mean not lying to them. Or I also mean don't make a bunch of promises that you can't keep. Because that, that's not necessarily a lie, but it's close to it. I mean, it's like a kissing cousin, right? I mean, it's... Because sometimes you make a promise and, you know, you can't keep it because of some, you know, a, a legitimate thing came up. Amen. I'll tell you how important, and these, these unkept promises, they can be indelibly written on their minds. Amen. And I had a, I, my, my, my uh, dad, he promised us kids one time, I'm taking you to Disneyland on Saturday and we're going to have a great time. And man, he, he rarely did that. And we were so jazzed. And Saturday came, oh no, we had, uh, something came up, I can't do it. I've never forgot that. You know, I'm not holding a grudge or anything, you know. <laughs> Amen. But I'm just saying, as a kid, you never forget stuff like that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so it's important to not make promises you cannot keep. Sometimes it's unavoidable, but don't make it a habit. It's always better Amen. And I learned this from a guy, a salesman I used to work with when I worked at the window company. He said, in business, it's always better to under-promise and over-deliver. And I think that's great advice for raising your kids, too. Under-promise and over-deliver. Amen. Which means keep it low-key. And then if you can, you, something works out, then you go, hey, get your stuff on. We're going to Disneyland. ah Woo! That came out of nowhere. That's awesome. And then you go from a zero, if you don't keep that promise, to a hero, if you do keep it. Amen. So you want to try to keep in the hero status as much as possible as a dad. Amen. Praise God. Now, we know the best thing for anybody to do is to come to Jesus to learn from him and receive what he wants to give you. And the best thing any father can do is to bring their children to Jesus. In the New Testament, parents brought their kids to Jesus so he could lay his hands on them and bless them. They brought their kids to Jesus so he could heal them. They even brought their kids to Jesus so he could cast out devils and evil influence in their lives. Amen. Bring them to Jesus by sharing God's word with them. That's how you do it. Praise God. Jessica alluded to the bedtime stories. I used to tell them, amen, that's another way of a fun way of getting them some word of God in their life. Amen. When you grab one of their little purses, and that's the sling that David used to kill Goliath, man, that is something. Woo! They don't think that's a purse. That's the sling. There's a rock in there. There's a nine-foot ugly giant right there. I'm going to sink that rock right in his forehead. And the kids are up in the bed. Oh, you know, all right. Stuff. And then I'm, I'm, then I, and they're like, boom. And then I'm like Goliath. Oh. Timber. And I go down. Amen. It's a wonder I didn't hit the dresser with my head. I don't know. But we, we had great times. We talked about Daniel and the lions then. They're three Hebrew children in the fiery furnace. We talked about Samson. Amen. We talked about David. We talked about 
Moses and the party in the Red Sea. We talked about all the Bible stories that are fun to tell. Amen. And they learned about them. Praise God. Bring them to Jesus. Amen. By bringing them to church so they can learn about Him. Amen. Because, fathers, we can't do it all. We need the church. We need God. We need the, we need the fellowship of the people of God. We need the house of God and preaching and teaching. Amen. And when you're not bringing them to Him, then you go to them. You go to Him on their behalf and ask God to protect them and guide them and bless them and use them and heal them and help them. Amen. I read about Job offering sacrifice for his wife and kids. Amen. Just in case they had done anything wrong, Job uh, he went extra to do that. Praise God. Amen. That, that's a great father. Praise God to do that. Hallelujah. Amen. And so sometimes the, there were parents that came to Jesus. Uh, the, the, the kids were at home. One was on her, her deathbed. One had died. And, and they said, trouble not the master. She's dead. And he said, hey, you believe and I'll come over there and we'll get that girl up and out. Uh, praise God. I'm telling you, go to Jesus. I don't care if things look dire in situation for your kids. You go to Jesus for your kids and he will do something about it. Amen. He'll heal them. He'll help them. He'll raise them from a dead life. Amen. And cast demons out of them. Whatever's needed. Amen. And when they came home, all was well. He answered their prayers. Folks, our Heavenly Father loves us with an everlasting love. And everything He does to us and for us is motivated by His love. His commandments, His correction, His tests are all to help us and make us be better people. And since He knows the end from the beginning, and He calls those things that be not as though they were, amen, we would all do well to trust Him and follow Him as our Heavenly Father and His Word, regardless of what we think is better best or what we think we should do amen he knows what's best amen like the old show back in the 50s father knows best and that's our father knows best amen Amen. praise God Jesus came to the Jews his own people he came unto his own John 1 verse 11 and his own received him not but as many as received him to them gave he power to become the sons of God even to them that believe on his name which were born not of blood nor of the will of flesh nor of the will of man but of God. Amen. We are all a part of uh, the church, not because we joined an organization. We are all a part of the church because we were born into it. Amen. That's the only way you become a child of God. Amen. Is to be born again of water and spirit. Amen. To be baptized in his wonderful name and filled with his wonderful spirit. Praise God. And then you can enjoy the protection and the love and the blessings and the direction and the gifts from the Heavenly Father. Would you stand with me? Praise God. God is so good. Biblical advice for fathers. Amen. Fathers, keep your nose in the book and your knees on the floor and ask God to help you know what to do and what to say. Because there's times you'll be speechless. There's times you won't know what to do. There'll time you'll be wanting to pull your hair out. There'll be times you're, you're, just, you're just feeling adequate. But God will take up the slack. God will show you the way. God will open a door. He will help you be the best father you can be. Praise God.
praise God. What an incredible message. Thank you again for joining us on the podcast, and may God bless you.